Welcome everyone to another episode on the Starlight. Hope you enjoyed the last one. Like the last one was a blast for me. And uh, so today we're going to be talking about the wine making. Wine making, wine, wine, wine. You know, I gained interest in this topic because first of all, I love wine and I've watched so many films about it. Like, so many films. And, uh, but the main reason why I I, I did this topic was that I was told that if it's not alcoholic, then it's not wine. So I was wondering, what would that be? Why can't I be able to take wine? Must I be? Must I take something alcoholic? So then I went to research. And I found that it's not true. That what makes a wine alcoholic is the fermentation process. So if you are out there and you're just like me, who doesn't take alcohol, I'm telling you, I'm assuring you today, you can go and search online, that don't worry, you just go out there and find non-alcoholic wines and you are good to go, like, you're 100% good to go. And even champagne too, there are also non-alcoholic champagne, the process of champagne, we're not going to talk about champagne today, but I just wanted to clarify this, so if you want to find out more about how I know about this, so just stay with me on this episode and you will be wowed. Wine making or vinification like the term, the real term, is the production of wine starting with the selection of fruits, its fermentation into alcohol and the bottling of the finished liquid. Wine making can be divided into two general categories, still wine production that's without carbonation and sparkling wine production with carbonation natural or injected. So red wine, white wine and rosé are the other main categories. Although most wine is made from grapes, it may also be made from other plants like other fruits like a fruit wine. Yeah, I read about that so it does. So now we're going to talk about the five stages of winemaking. Here I know you have a lot of questions. What are the processes involved in winemaking? What do they do? What do all these winemakers do? Like so many questions, but calmer. Because we're going to talk about everything. You're going to know how it is done. You um, by the time you finish, you become like you can just go and make your own wine. I'm telling you. So there are five basic stages to the winemaking process, which begins with harvesting or picking. So first and foremost, we have the harvest. Like, nothing can be done if the fruits are not harvested. That is why harvesting or picking is certainly the first step in the actual winemaking process. Fresh and fully ripened wine grapes are preferred as raw material for wine making. Without fruits, there will be no wine. And no other fruit other than grape can produce annually a reliable amount of sugar to yield sufficient alcohol to preserve the resulting beverage. Now of other fruits, the requisite acids, esters, and tannins to make natural stable wine 
on a consistent basis. Grapes are either harvested mechanically or by hand. The decision to harvest grapes is typically made by the winemaker and informed by the level of sugar. The reason why manual harvesting is preferred is because it has the advantage of using knowledgeable labor to not only pick the ripe clusters but also to leave behind the clusters that are not ripe or contain bunch rot or other defects. This can be an effective first line of defense to prevent inferior quality fruit from contaminating the tank of wine. So the very next step involved in the winemaking process is the crushing and pressing. Crushing is a process when gently squeezing the berries and breaking the skins to start to liberate the content of the berries. Crushing the whole clusters of fresh ripe grapes is traditionally the next step in the winemaking process. In traditional and smaller scale winemaking, the harvested grapes are sometimes crushed by trampling them barefoot or by the use of inexpensive small scale crushers. However, in large wineries, a mechanical crusher, or this term as it's called, is used. You know what? I guess I'm going to go for a small-scale winemaking because I want to stand those grips with my feet and play Latin music while doing that. OMG is so magical and dreamy. And I've been watching so many films, so many novellas about this. Oh, I can't wait to try it. Yeah, and even though I want all this, the mechanical pressing proves to be more healthy, fast, improves quality of the wine, and reduces the need for preservatives. So it wins. And having said all this, it is important to know that not all wine begins live in a crusher. Sometimes, winemakers choose to allow the fermentation to begin inside uncrushed whole grape clusters allowing the natural weight of the grapes and the onset of fermentation to burst the skins of the grapes before pressing before pressing the uncrushed clusters up until crushing and pressing the steps for making white wine and red wine are essentially the same however if a winemaker is to make white wine he or she will quickly press the must after crushing in order to separate the juice from the skins, seeds, and solids. By doing so, unwanted color, which comes from the skin of the grape, not the juice, and tannins cannot leach into the white wine. Essentially, white wine is allowed very little skin contact, while red wine is left in contact with the skins to gain color, flavor, and additional tannins during fermentation, which of course is the next step. You know, I told you earlier on that what makes a wine alcoholic is fermentation, and now we are going into it. So you'll find out, you know, there are some there are different levels of alcohol in wine. Some wine you see them they have five percent alcohol, fifteen percent. 100% like you will know the reason how they are you like 
what causes those levels to rise and how they come about those percentage all of it you're going to find out here fermentation fermentation is indeed the magic at play in the making of wine if left to its own fate the juice will begin fermenting naturally within 6 to 12 hours while well, are fast with the aid of wild yeast in the hair hmm now i didn't know that yeast can turn something alcoholic is it turning thing to make stomach alcoholic when i flour because i make the to yeast no so in very clean well-established wineries and wine and vineyards this natural fermentation is a welcome phenomenon however for varieties of reasons unknown to us, many winemakers prefer to intervene at this stage by inoculating the natural must. This means they will kill the wild and sometimes unpredictable natural yeasts and then introduce a strain of yeast of personal chosen in order to more readily predict the end result. Yeah, because like, it's gone. Regardless of the chosen path, once fermentation begins, it normally continues until all the sugar is converted to alcohol. You hear that? And a dry wine is produced. Fermentation can require anywhere from 10 days to a month or more. You see what they did? You first of all cut out like stop the natural yeast from turning from fermenting from starting the process and they injected their home wine so they will predict all the process so all these winemakers they know when the fermentation is done like they know everything i'm not going to just even start saying what i don't know and uh yeah the resulting level of alcohol in a wine will vary from one local to the next due to the total sugar content of the most. An alcohol level of 10% in cold climates versus a high of 15% in warmer areas is considered normal. Sweet wine is produced when the fermentation process stops before all the sugar has been converted into alcohol. This is usually a conscious, intentional decision on the part of the winemaker. Like I hope you got everything. First of all, yeast is playing its own role. Sugar is also determining the level of alcohol in the wine. And like I think the all this the winemakers they intervene into all this process because they want to know like to determine the like the alcohol level how it to be some may not want to do like make their wine so alcohol that people just on one glass you'll be drunk so like it's like it said it is totally an intentional decision on the part of the winemaker only them knows what they aim to get so we're just going to proceed with learning. So clarification, of course, which is the fourth and the second to the last stage in wine 
making. You know, I told you that there are five stages in um, in wine making, and we talked about the harvesting. We talked about uh, crushing and pressing. We talked about fermentation, and now we are talking about clarification. So once fermentation is completed, the clarification process begins. In clarification, large particles that affect the visual appearance of the wine are removed. And after crushing and pressing, like it was a filter at all. So it went straight to fermentation. So there will be so many particles like and we can't be drinking our wine and taking in particles so here is a when like the large particles that you can see will be removed so winemakers have the option of racking or siphoning their wine from one tank, tank or barrel to the next in the hope of leaving the precipitate and solid called pomace in the bottom of the fermenting tank filtering and fining may also be done at this process Filtration can be done with everything from a coarse filter that catches only large solids to a sterile filter pad that stripes wine off all life. Finding occurs when substances are added to a wine to clarify them. Yeah. Often, winemakers will add egg white, clay, other compounds to wine that will help precipitate dead yeast cell and other solids out of the wine. Yeah, because I've been wondering, how are they going to get rid of all those wine? How are they going to make it clear? Like when you see wine is sparkling, I've, I've drunk wine, like non-alcoholic wine before. Wait, why did I not remember this at first? And I allowed them to talk me into that all wines are alcoholic when I was smart to drink wine. But it was never alcoholic. Like blue wine, red wine, non-alcoholic, of course. Well, I think I just remember. Thank you, this research. So, like, these substances adhere to the unwanted solids and force them to the bottom of the tank. But clarification of the wine can also take place naturally by putting the wine into refrigeration at 35 degree Fahrenheit. The wine takes about a month to settle and it is clear. No chemicals are needed. So yeah, I think it's better with this natural process, but maybe they want to, there's no time to waste now. Right? So any of them is as long as I get to the taste that delicious wine. I really don't care. The clarified wine is then wrapped into another vessel where it is ready for bottling or further aging. You know, I've heard, yeah, I've heard that you can they leave wine like to so age, age. Like wine is one of the only like I said, one the only beverage that can age, that can last. It's and it will not change taste. But I'm just so amazed with wine, like. Mm-mm. So last but not the least, it is not the least because all processes are important. If each process, they are not completed, we cannot get the finished product, which is that delicious red or white wine. 
so we are here at aging and bottling a final dose of sulfite is added to help preserve the wine and prevent unwanted fermentation in the bottle the wine bottles then are traditionally sealed with a cork although alternative wine closures such as synthetic corks and screw caps which are less subject to cork taint are becoming increasingly popular the final step is adding a capsule to the top of the bottle which is then heated for a tight seal and yet you can go on to place it in a wine cellar or sometimes they just leave it in if they want it to age they will leave it in the barrel like to be at it to be there continue aging and all the rest but i think the final dose of sulfite will still be added like to stop it from fermenting or so people will be drunk if it isn't added you'll be drunk but you'll be too drunk understand yeah and even if i understand myself So that wrapped it up about wine making process. We just learned about how the step to step way of which wines are being produced. Don't you feel like wow, like I feel educated right now. I feel as if I know that when I see wine, I'll just remember what I listened to and what I researched about. Like it is amazing to know about what you are drinking and the stages involved. It sounds simple and we finish it under how many minutes, but it's really a tough walk. But now we're just going to talk about some curiosities about wine, you know. Maybe you may have got lost or you may have been bored and slept off and you didn't really capture what I said. So I'm going to like just do a summary about it and also add some things, like I said, curiosities that I found out. So that you can, it can help you. So part of some things I saw while researching, I found out that some people were asking so many questions like, can wine spoil? How long does it take a wine to last? And uh, what of when it is open? How long can it last? So, so many questions like that. So I discovered that open wine goes bad due to a series of chemical reactions that can change the flavor of the wine. In general, Lighter wines go bad faster than darker wines. To prolong the shell life, open wines should be tightly sealed and stored in the refrigerator. Did you get that? There are a number of ways to check whether your open and unopened wine has gone bad. Wine that has experienced changes in color emits a sour vinegar-like smell or has a sharp sour flavor as gone bad. Don't you drink it. Similarly to any other food or beverage, wine has a short life. The best way to enjoy your wine fresh is to drink it shortly after you purchase it. However, you can still enjoy, enjoy an open wine about 
one to five years so you see it's going to last if it is unopened after the expiration date well leftover wine can be enjoyed one to five days after it has been opened depending on the type of wine so like for those people that say oh i just opened my wine i didn't finish it really spoil me do this and just like seal it put the cock back on and go put it in your refrigerator it can still take one to five days before it's spoiled. so you have to consume it within these five days you can also increase your wine's freshness by storing it properly. Like I said, some people have wine freezer. If you don't have, you can put your refrigerator. Not freezer, please. The next time you find leftover or hold wine in your kitchen, check whether it has gone bad before you throw it out or drink it. Like some people just go and drink it. Oh, because you could get food poisoning or stomach ache or what the hell. So you have to check the smell first of all. Just if you want to know if you maybe you, you don't have you don't have good you can't smell things very well. You can just 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 taste it a little bit, a little just a drop on your tongue to like know if it has gone bad or not. If it tastes sour, because I don't think wine should taste sour. And so that's it. So now we're going to talk about like I know everybody wants to find out which countries produce the best wine. Blah blah blah. So many things. So I can't say that for now, but I can tell you the top fifteen wine producing countries in the world. So first of all, we have Italy, and I think Italy has one of the best wines in the world, if not the best, because I've been hearing that Italy wine, their wines are very exquisite and refined and delicious. I've been hearing so many things about Italy. I've known about Italy for a long time. So followed by France, then you have Spain, United States, Argentina, Chile, Australia, followed by China. Germany, South Africa, then we're coming back to Europe, Portugal, Romania, Russia, Hungary, and New Zealand, and then you have other countries. But these are the 15, the top 15 wine producing countries in the world. Like, that's a mass here. So, the wraps it up, guys. I am very true that we started and we ended another amazing, 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 amazing episode. Thank you guys once again for listening. I appreciate it so much. And I hope you enjoyed this episode like I did. Until next time. Bye.